Ronit Kafir is a businesswoman, but she's also an Israeli mother, grappling with the harrowing uncertainty of her son's fate in the middle of the Israeli-Hamas conflict. In this interview, she talks with Bridget Leslie about love, loss and resilience. As a businesswoman, she also touches on the impact of the war on the business community. I know so many women who got that knock on the door. The past week, I can't close my eyes without fearing this sound, and I think everything else, everything else fades. All of my worries uh, fade. When I was getting my ultrasound, when I was with my first baby, and I saw it was a son. My first thought was like, oh, I, um, I pity his wife. She's going to have me as a mother-in-law. And my second thought was, um, oh my God, he's going to be in the army one day. I've been living with this uh, film, with this kind of horror film in my mind for 20 years and a half. Um, in Israel, I think most people refer to it as the knock on the door. Because um, when... Some, it's really difficult for me even to say it out loud, but when somebody is killed in the army, they send a special, a special, uh, force to you. They knock on the door. You, you open the door and you see three soldiers that you don't know and you know what's, what's happened. So my son is currently uh, a soldier in the army, a combat soldier, and uh, we haven't heard from him since uh, last uh, Saturday. Uh, they take away their phones, um, which I think might be better for him not to know and not to see all that we've seen through this uh, week. We know that he's okay and um, like um, hysterically terrified to his uh, well-being and uh, trying very hard to sleep at night. Both my son and my daughter has done a year of service, Shnat uh, Shirut it's called, many Israelis do that for a year, an extra year of volunteering with um, civilian organizations throughout Israel, whether it's agriculture or uh, children and youth or um, disabled people, so they have both served this uh, year of um, um, volunteering. On Saturday, I heard from my son for the first time after a week. He called me for a few seconds saying they allowed me to take the phone just because they knew you could... I, I said that I could arrange food quickly. We have been eating um, combat meals. I don't know how it's called for a week. Uh, so we're going to be uh, not far away in like, uh, you know, and he gave me kind of the whereabouts that they're going to be and when. And I had 45 minutes to arrange food for like 50 people. And I just wrote a WhatsApp to one of my friends in our community here. And within 40 minutes, I can't remember how many people. It was so moving to see not only my friends, but also people that I don't know who they are just coming in with food and coming in with and, you know, and leaving notes for them and, and just within minutes. And we drove over, we met them, we gave them food. I gave him a hug, which was like the hardest point for me this week. I find myself praying that my son and his friends and, and everybody will just come home safe as soon as possible, that I will not need to hear this knock on the door that my niece heard a few days ago and my 
some of my friends have. The only way I have felt like this, like utter devastation and almost utter loss of hope, was when I came back from four days in the West Bank, four days in which I have only listened, not spoken, almost not talked, just listening, really kind of active listening to Palestinians share their pains and their stories. And I came back from the West Bank and I felt like there wasn't almost, my flame of hope was, was almost um, about to, to, you know, to, to go off because the situation was so complicated and the layers of mistrust and despair and hate and prejudice and racism were so deep that I said, my God, how can we ever finish this horrible conflict? And I have to say, these days I'm feeling pretty much the same, with even less trust in the other side. And I'm working as hard as I can to find hope and to still believe in in my friends on the other side. Um, I don't remember if I told you so, but my son, we've sent him to an Arab Jewish uh, school, elementary school. That's where he studied with Arab teachers and Palestinian friends. And, and that's what we believe in. And, um, but I will, I will do all I can to, to do that, to keep that hope and faith and to spread it as much as I can when I'm, you know, <laughs> when I'm functioning and, uh, and I have it together. I live in the middle of Israel, in the Shvela region, just in the middle, um, between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. In the past eight years, I've been uh, teaching communication with clients to independent women business owners. I worked for 20 years as an interior designer and blogger, and before that, I worked for 18 years on the Israeli IDF radio as a presenter. As a business owner who teaches and talks to business owners, I am getting this question from so many women in my community. A A war is a very expensive thing. The war is costing billions, I suppose, and even compensations for so thousands of Israelis who have uh, lost their homes and and lost their loved ones and should be compensated, you know, before me. What I'm seeing right now in my community, for example, is the the guilt that, like a survivor's guilt, that people are starting to feel. Even as I'm speaking to you, I'm also only, you know, I'm I'm feeling. How can I talk about my business right now when I don't know how my son is doing and 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 whether my house will still be here within a week because a missile just landed not far from here a few hours before we spoke uh, while I was running to the shelter in my home. So. I think, and I, I hope this will be uh, finished uh, uh, quickly, resolved quickly. So both, both personally for me and and for all of the people in Israel, and I, th- I feel like especially left-wing uh, voters and uh, activists like myself, and I have been on several leadership programs, meeting and talking to Palestinians, trying to solve the, uh, the this horrible situation in the Middle East and in Israel. I think the great crisis for us is that Whatever I did not want to believe in uh, just happened. I'm still not willing to think that all Palestinians are this cruel or this bloodthirsty, but I have to say that there's a huge crisis and, and the trust, and I feel like my trust, even in kind of in mankind, has been uh, questioned now. Um, because uh, we have seen and heard of things that we didn't believe were 
possible. I mean, and many Israelis and Jews around the world are talking about the Holocaust now. And, you know, in the beginning, I was thinking, oh, don't be so dramatic. And after we've seen what was happening here, this is the only relevant example, because things that we've seen in the south of Israel done by the Hamas are unheard of and unseen. That special report by Bridget Leslie speaking with Ronit Kafir in Israel. We're grateful to New York City producer and composer Dixon Morisot for audio production on this interview. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.